This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible studies. Good to have y'all here with us this morning. We are, we're in Genesis chapter 12. We're uh, talking about Abraham, talking about the man of faith and uh, we're we're excited about that this morning, excited to, to deal with God's blessing of Abraham and uh, his promise to Abraham when he sent him from Ur the Chaldeans to, to Canaan. Remember, he had he stopped off in Haran because his uh, he, he took his uh, took his father with him and and uh, they stopped there in Haran. And when they did that, that slowed him down. And we talked about yesterday how God blesses us with his vision and he blesses us individually. And, and oftentimes we want to have our vision or have our, our purposes carried out along with God's purposes, and we want to marry them together. And uh, oftentimes, uh, oftentimes that causes us to miss out on what God's planning for us to do because, well, we want to do it our way, or we keep listening to those around us who are trying to figure it out that way. And as a father, I've, been, I've probably been most cognizant of that for my children I don't want to I don't want to place on them what they should be doing in the sense of where they should live, what decisions they should make as far as where they go to church and what kind of church and the locations and those kind of things. I've been encouraging them to do those things, to be involved where they're at and to find their place in the world and find where God has for them. But for me to not try to direct that or set the course of that. And the reason being is because the only way for a person to really mature and to grow and figure out who they really are on their own in the kingdom of God is they have to do it separately from their family. They can't do it with their family always over their shoulder telling them what they should do. They have to learn how to hear God's voice on their own and act upon that voice on their own. And, and it may be with your family. It may be that you're serving with your family, or it may be that you're in church with your family, or it may be that you're that you're doing something with family members, maybe all those things. But that being said, the call of God and the purposes of God are individual and they're unique. And in verse one, God said, get out of your country, meaning well, I'm going to get you away from your people. He says, from your family, though he took his father, he took a lot, his nephew, and and they ended up being drags upon him because when they got to her, dad wanted to say, hey, let's, let's stay here. And that's not where God said to go. God did not say to go to Iran. God said, go to Canaan. And oftentimes when you bring family into the situation, their desires and what they want are more important than what God wants. And I will say this, it slowed the growth of Abraham. It quite clearly slowed the growth of Abraham because he waited in Iran till till dad died. And then finally, <clears throat> he's going off 
to do what God's told him to do. And you say, well, you just seem harsh about that, Chad. It's not harsh because there's a, a there's a there's a passage in Scripture where people come up to Jesus and say, "I'll follow you wherever," but one of them says, "Let me go bury my father." And Jesus is quite quite aggressive and quite pointed and somewhat somewhat insensitive from our world's point of view. But I don't think it's insensitive from God's point of view. I'm quite sure it's, it is sensitive to the person. He says, let the dead bury the dead. You come follow me. And then another one says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his head. What he's saying is the following of him is a difficult thing. It's got to be an individualistic thing. Now, we do it corporately. We grow together. We grow as a church together. We purpose for God's kingdom and God's will together. We vision together. We go and look for what God wants us to be a part of and to be doing together. But our individual walk is our individual walk. <clears throat> and Jesus was saying, listen, you got to let those who are not a part of that walk, who are not doing that, you got to let them go and you got to come follow me. And, and I understood that as a young man, and I want my children to understand that their following of God is not predicated or based on anything about me or their mama. It's based on, it's based on their own personal walk with God. It's based on their own individual walk with God. And if you will do that, if you'll begin to make your walk with God. Now, let me say this. There, there is one person that it, it, you got to do this walk with, and that person is your wife or your husband. Your spouse is someone you should do your your very dead level best to do the walk with God together with them. Now, if you're married to an unbeliever, the Bible says you stay married to them and you love them and you allow God to work on their heart and you be who you're supposed to be in the kingdom. And then you pray that the grace of God that is falling on you will will change their heart. And let me tell you something, that's a promise of God and it, and it can and will happen. But if you're married to a believer, y'all have to work together. Y'all have to... Y'all have to, y'all are a team. Y'all are one flesh. As far as God's concerned, you're a team together and you're doing ministry together. And so doing ministry together is very important and you should rely on the giftedness and you should expect that God's call for you is going to be the exact same call he has for your spouse because y'all are going to do ministry together. That's how ministry is done. You don't do ministry separate. You do ministry together because as far as God's concerned, y'all are one. And he's going to he's going to be working that with you together as a ministry team and as a as one unit doing his work and his will together. That's the that's the clear picture of marriage in the New Testament as far as God's purposes and his direction for your life. And, and if you're doing that's excellent. That's the way that's the way it ought to be done. He says, I will make you a great nation. Notice, notice he's going to he's going to bless your work. And your posterity, which means that which comes after you. Now, I'm not talking about your posterior. I'm talking about your posterity. Your posterity is the things that last or go on beyond you. And we all have a posterity. We all have something that we leave behind. And some of the things that we leave behind are blessings. And some of the things that we leave behind are cursings. And hopefully, we've struggled with our own sin and our own difficulties and our own the curse of sin in our own life to the point where we've broke some chains. We changed. We've changed the course of our family's history because we walked by faith, and and we leave a posterity of deliverance and a posterity of um, of hope and a posterity of a future. But also, our posterity goes on 
and changes the difference that we make and the things that we do in other people's lives go on and li are lived out through them and are lived to other people that you never ever will know and you'll never ever see until you get to the kingdom of heaven and see the results of the work that you've done. And when I say the work of faith, it's not a work of the physical labor. It's the work of faithful obedience, of being obedient to God's will and his purposes for your life by faith, obedience by faith. And that is, that's really what, that's really what it's all about. That's really what the kingdom of God is all about. He says, I'll make you a great nation. He says, I'll bless you. I will bless you. If you, and that's true of everyone who hears God's voice and hears his will and goes and do, does the things that God has called them to do. He says, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you a great posterity. You're going to be a, you're going to be a blessing to those who've come before, come behind you, and you're going to be a difference maker in their lives. He says, and I'll make your name great, meaning you'll be known. And notice this is in direct opposition to the people in Babel who were trying to make a tower and make a name great for themselves. Notice who is making Abraham's name great? Abraham's not making Abraham's name great. God's making Abraham's name great. And the reason he's making Abraham's name great is because, well, Abraham is choosing his will and his way over, over, over his own personal will and his own personal way. And he says, and you're going to be a blessing. And you know what? The older you get, the more you realize the importance of you being a blessing to other people, of you being a treasure for others of you being somebody who, who really changes the world and is a world changer for the people around you. You being a blessing to other people becomes of great importance. The older you get, the more you realize that you want your presence and you want who you are to make a huge difference in the lives of those around you. You want you want it to you want it to be a source of hope, a fountain of living water as as Jesus said to the woman at the well. You overflow of living, thirst-quenching, life-giving water. You want to be that. And, and he says to he says to Abraham, I'm going to make your name great, but I'm going to also make you a blessing. He says, and he says, I'm not going to, I'm not only going to do that, I'm going to take over for your future planning. I'm going to, I'm going to take over your retirement plan. I'm going to, I'm going to take over what's going to be going on for your life down the road. He says, I'm going to bless those who bless you, which means those who join in the ministry, they're going to experience great blessings for them for themselves. And I'm going to curse those who curse you. Notice he says, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to place stumbling blocks in front of them. I'm going to, I'm going to bind them up so that when they're trying to set your course in a different direction than where I've set it, I'm going to bind them up. I'm going to keep them from causing you issues and being a stumbling block to you and slowing you down. And let me tell you something. That is one of the great blessings I know for sure of God that I'll never, ever understand till I get before him, how much he's done for me that I couldn't see to keep those who would try to destroy his purpose and his will in my life, to keep them out and keep them away and to remove them from the scene, either remove them, their, their work and make it futile and fruitless or to remove their, their very presence from my life and to to take care of the things that I couldn't see and didn't know. And let me tell you, oftentimes in, in the world that we live in and in the life that we live, that's one of the things that is of the most importance is God has got my back. 
That's really what it says. God's got my back. I'm supposed to be heading in the direction that he has for me to go. I'm going right where he wants me to go. And he's covering my, he's covering what the military would call my six. He's got my six o'clock. He's taking care of uh, those things that would try to inhibit me from experiencing his best and walking according to his kingdom purposes. God's got your back. And that's what he tells Abraham. He says, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who curse you. And you and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Notice he says, every family on the earth. And notice he says, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And let's just spend just a few moments on that. That is the idea of the common grace of God. That's the idea that that God's grace extends out to even those who don't know him because his the very work of his of his hand and the very presence of his power at work in the earth is a blessing to those around around him and around those that are in his creation it's a blessing for those folks even though they don't know it even though they can't really they don't really see it they don't recognize it God is a blessing to them he says I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curses you, and you will be, and you are, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. By the way, God has said that He's going to win one, at least one, from every tribe and nation, every tongue and language. And what does that mean? That means that there's going to be somebody from every lineage, from every line, Ham, Japheth, Seth. He's gonna he's gonna bring about Shem, Ham, and Japheth, not Seth. Seth is, is a grandson of Noah. He's gonna bring about, he's gonna bring about Someone from every line that comes off of them is going to come to know him and is going to come to glorify him and is going to be is going to be born again, going to go through that salvific process in life uh, that is that walk with God, and they're going to be glorified before him in heaven, all <clears throat> from every tribe and nation, tongue and language. And that plan of God in his redemptive work and his in, in, in his salvific work begins with Abraham. And what he's saying is, Abraham, I'm starting with you. And it's going to culminate ultimately in my son redeeming and paying the price for the sin of the whole world. And the whole world is going to be blessed because you're willing to do what I said. Now, remember what I said earlier about him yesterday. And I'll say this over and over again about Abraham. He didn't do it perfectly. He didn't do it perfectly. He got slowed by his father. He got slowed by, he got slowed by his father-in-law. He got slowed by his nephew. He, in many ways, was dealing with family issues the whole way. And the Lord knows that anybody who's in ministry, <clears throat> most of the people in ministry, have to struggle with family issues at some point in time in their life. And the reason that takes place is as well, it's just because that's a part of doing ministry. We have responsibility to our parents. We have responsibility to honor them. We have responsibility to our children to set them in the right course and the right heading of life. And uh, our families are going to be a part of our lives. And they're going to be a part of the ministry that we're doing. Or they're going to be detracting from it in some way, in some form, in some fashion. And I've come to realize that everybody in the world is just a little bit off and everybody in the world's got just a little bit of a craziness in their family. We all do. We all know we do that you're a little bit nuts. And then looking around your family's a little bit nuts. Let me say this. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that that's a curse for you. That means that's more than likely still a blessing for you. That means that more than likely that God's using you 
to bless them, that God's using you to change their lives, that God's using you to be. And I've even in this new church setting that is Lake Community Church, I can see that I can see even Matt on here. His family has been blessed by what we're doing as a church. And they don't even live here. They live up there in Minnesota and Wisconsin and all over the the upper Midwest, and they're blessed. And then I can see as we've started this church in, in a place where a lot of my family members are coming from, my extended family, we're blessing to those people and those families and making a difference in those lives. You never know what doing God's will, meaning hearing God's voice and receiving it, and believing it, and then acting upon it, you never really ever what great blessing you are to those people and what a what a blessing you are to the families of the people around you. And uh, you never truly know what a wonderful thing it is to be a blessing to the people in the world you live in. Until And we'll never fully know until we get to heaven, but you can see it. You can see the outlines of it. You can see it as in a glass darkly. It's just barely visible, but you can see the, the things that you do and the hope that you give is a hope that others have and the, a hope that others see. And you shouldn't and you shouldn't be missing out on that. We should always be doing that. And one of the things I want to always encourage the people I pastor to do is to be a blessing to those people around them who they know and who they see and who they who they come across in the in their daily walk. They may never go to church with you. They may never ever tell you that they've named Jesus as their Savior and Lord. They may never tell you about uh, the new hope that they've received in him. They may never know a lot of that stuff. They may never ever even see a lot of that stuff, but you may never even see a lot of that stuff. But let me tell you something. You make a difference in people's lives by being who you're supposed to be. And, and you do, you are a blessing to people, even when you don't realize it. And the more you walk by faith, the more you walk by faith, the more of a blessing you are because that living water, that power of God comes out of you. The kingdom of God comes out of you and it changes the world we live in. And let's continue to do that. Let's continue to be. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name. Amen.